Tech Fighter Worldwide. It's the High Tech Podcast in plain English with an hour's worth of news in about 20 minutes. That's because we leave out the commercials, the station breaks, the sports, and most of the jingles. Podcast number 458 for August 30th, 2015. This week, turning a brown camel into a purple camel is just one of the things you can do with the Zara photo and graphic designer. Microsoft will release the latest version of Office next month, and this month I've been looking at LibreOffice. In short circuits, a couple of city council members in Munich say Linux and LibreOffice are too hard to use and Windows 10 has surpassed 75 million installations in less than a month. In spare parts only on the website, a hackathon is coming up this week in Punjab. If you wonder how important photography is in understanding the past, I'd like you to take a look at some motion pictures of New York City from around 1900. A look at security risks in the Internet of Things and a way to find out exactly where the sun and moon will be in the sky. I have a picture of a purple camel. As far as I know, no purple camels exist, yet I have a picture of one. Now how can that be? Well, perhaps it has something to do with the latest version of Zara Photo and Graphic Designer. There's lots of magic in version 11, and we'll examine some of it. Check out the TechBiter Worldwide website, www.techbiter.com, and you'll see my purple camel from the wilds in eastern Ohio. Now, I should probably say again that purple camels do not exist, at least not to the best of my knowledge. Yet, here I have a picture of one. Is this irrefutable proof that purple camels do exist? Well, no. It's irrefutable proof that Zara Photo and Graphic Designer exists and that the application has the ability to change a standard camel to a purple camel. It can do a lot more than modify camels, though. By the way, you'll also see on the TechBiter Worldwide website a picture of a standard camel. Zara offers several applications that all seem to be based on the same underlying graphics application. Some are aimed at website developers, while others are primarily for graphic designers and photographers. The ability to modify colors isn't a new feature in this version, but it's a pretty cool feature nonetheless. So you might wonder what else is new. Let's find out. The brush tool has a new art brush feature. Scatter brushes repeat shapes along a line, and you can now create them using any type of object. That makes it possible to include feathering and extrusions also. Art brushes stretch a vector shape, or a bitmap, along a line. Text options have been expanded so that users can create a list of abbreviations that will be automatically expanded. Besides being able to replace short bits of text with longer bits of text, the process can expand short bits of text to symbols and fractions. Text manipulation isn't something that most designers will think about, but improved text features in this version include autocorrect, and you can add your own words to the list that will be automatically modified. 
Zara has added the ability to sync files via Dropbox or Google Drive, so edits made on one computer can be reflected in Photo and Graphic Designer on other computers. Both Dropbox and Google Drive maintain older versions of a user's files, so reverting to an earlier rendition of a file is also possible. Now let's look a little more in depth at what's available here. And we'll start with brushes, art brushes. Scatter brushes can be based on either vectors or on bitmaps, and they're a lot of fun. The application comes with several brushes already designed, and you can create your own. When you create a brush, you'll choose either a scatter brush, which drops copies of the original along the path you select, or an art brush. That draws a brush object along a path you create with a mouse pen or tool. It stretches the object. The scatter brush has been around for a while. Art brushes are new. I started with an eight-point shape and I used it to create both types of brushes. You'll see examples on the TechBiter Worldwide website. The scatter brush dropped evenly spaced copies of the object and the art brush created a flowing warped object. This gets even more interesting when you draw the line back over itself. So I wondered what would happen if I started with a photograph. A picture of the late tangerine, my favorite cat, was handy, so I selected it and I used it to create an art brush. You can actually paint a picture, and by moving the cursor up and down a bit as you move it from one side to the other, it's possible to create a kind of impressionistic copy of the photo. Well, then I tried painting the brush back and forth on itself. The result was interesting, to say the least. It's an interesting blend of colors. Check it out on the TechBiter Worldwide website. Finally, I worked with some of the built-in brushes. Besides modifying the brush, you can also specify a width and an envelope for the brush. The envelope controls how the thickness of the brush changes from one end of the line to the other. And if you have a pen tool, a Wacom tablet, for example, you'll find that the brushes respond to pen pressure and angle. Liquify is another cool tool. The Liquify tool offers several pixel pushing functions that change the shape of an object's edge. I started with a perfect rectangle with a linear fill that fades from blue to red, and then I applied various Liquify functions around the border. The result was the rather unlikely shape that might possibly find some use as a Rorsarch test. The versatility of the various Liquify tools is obvious from what you'll see on the TechBiter Worldwide website and they're easy to use with just a bit of practice. Word processors have had autocorrect functions for a long time, and now that capability comes to Zara Photo and Graphic Designer. The basic automatic corrections are limited to just a few fractions, along with ellipsis points, the care-of symbol, which is rarely used in the U.S., and symbols for copyright trademark and registered trademark. It's easy to add your own corrections, too, and even to create auto-corrections that place symbols. Several years ago, when I was writing regularly about the healthcare industry, I found that invariably my fingers typed hopsital instead of hospital, and today I often write available instead of available. If there are words that you mistype frequently, adding them right here would save you a lot of trouble. When it comes to formatting text, few applications can compare with Zara Photo and Graphic Designer. I started with a bit of text from Through the Looking Glass, and I searched for a typeface that seemed to be at home with such unlikely words as Brillig, Geyer, and Borogroves. 
The application's pull-down list shows recently used typefaces, WebSafe typefaces, and those are the ones that are assumed to be available on any computer regardless of operating system, Google fonts that are freely available for use, and all fonts installed on the computer. And by the way, a side note here to typographic purists, I do know the difference between font and typeface. I have given up on attempting to maintain that distinction. Sorry. Next, I added a linear fill to the type, starting with orange on the left and transitioning to blue on the right. Then I selected all of the text and increased the line spacing to make it more readable. I also added a light gray outline to the letters, and after adding the outline, it was clear that the letter spacing, also called tracking, was too tight, so I added some space, again to improve readability. Next, I used the Shape tool to create a five-pointed object with points and curved lines. I colored it yellow, made it partially transparent, added a drop shadow, and then placed it under the right side of the text. The entire process took just a couple of minutes, and the largest chunk of time was consumed at the outset when I was attempting to determine which typeface to use. So I am impressed by Zara, but there are lots of purchase options available. Zara offers several applications that seem generally to be built on the same foundation. There is Zara Designer Pro X11. It's the all-encompassing application at $300, followed by Web Designer 11 Basic at $50, Pro at $100, Photo and Graphic Designer 11 at $90, Page and Layout Designer 11 at $90. Upgrades from previous versions are all priced considerably lower, and the company does periodically offer discounts for new users. All of the applications are available for download in trial versions, and that includes all of the program's features except for certain add-ons that are available only to users of the paid versions. So you've got four primary categories. Designer Pro X11. That includes all of the features and templates of Web Designer 11 Premium, Photo and Graphic Designer 11, and Page and Layout Designer 11. If you're looking for an application that handles design, illustration, photo editing, electronic typesetting, page layout, web graphics, and websites, Designer Pro X11 would be a great choice. Next is Zara Web Designer 11 Premium, and I reviewed that application in July in an article I titled Astonishment for Sale. I gave it that title because of the program's ability to create highly interactive, responsive websites easily without the user needing to understand any of the underlying HTML5 or CSS3. And then there's Page Layout and Designer 11, which includes text and page layout features you'd expect in a page layout program, but does so in a way that makes it no more complicated than the typical word processor. It also includes some of the image editing features you'll find in Photo and Graphic Designer. And then there is Photo and Graphic Designer 11. This is an application that is designed for photo editing and graphic design. The photo editing tools are impressive for a program in the sub $100 range, and it's able to deal with raw files from most cameras. The bottom line, five cats, the most difficult part is figuring out which to buy. If I could suggest one thing to management at Zara, it would be this. Reduce the number of products you offer. Keep Designer Pro X11 and one of the other applications. You're confusing potential customers with so many choices. 
Maybe you should offer Designer Pro X11 and Designer X11. Designer X11 would exclude the page layout and photo features. And maybe you could add Illustrator X11, which would be just the page layout and photo functions. Given so many choices, confused consumers might simply decide to look elsewhere. And that would be a shame, because one of the options is probably just what they need. If you want to learn more, you'll find additional details on the Zara website. There is a link from the TechBiter Worldwide website, www.techbiter.com. Even if you use Microsoft Office and you're anxiously waiting for the new version that'll be released in September, downloading and installing LibreOffice is a good idea because LibreOffice can open files that Microsoft applications can't, sometimes even damaged Microsoft files. But let's say you have an antique Lotus 1-2-3 file that you need to open. Excel cannot open this file unless you first process the file with a Lotus conversion application. Or maybe you have a Right Now file. Right Now is a word processor that was included with the original Apple Macintosh back in 1984. Don't try to get Word to open it. LibreOffice Calc can open those old Lotus files, and LibreOffice Writer can open those old Right Now files. LibreOffice, designed by the Document Foundation, split from OpenOffice Org in 2010, so both OpenOffice and LibreOffice have roots in the Sun Microsystems Star Office suite. Oracle acquired Sun Microsystems, then released Star Office code to the open source community, and eventually discontinued the Star Office suite. Although LibreOffice can read most competing file formats and can write in some of those file formats, its native file formats follow the international ISO IEC standard open document file formats. That means documents prepared in LibreOffice will be fully compatible with Apache OpenOffice and NeoOffice. And they can also be opened and edited in WordPerfect Office or Microsoft Office. By fully compatible, I mean that no features will be dropped as the documents are migrated from one system to another, and the open document file format is supported by commercial Office suite applications, such as those by Microsoft and Corel WordPerfect. LibreOffice is generally compatible with files from Microsoft and Corel WordPerfect. However, some layout features and formatting attributes are not supported or they're handled differently. LibreOffice users can open individual applications from the Start menu, but there's also an option on the Start menu called LibreOffice. Select that, and you'll find links to all of the applications on the left and your most recent documents, regardless of document type, on the right. Likewise, if you choose New from this screen or from any document, you can choose the type of document to create. You could be working on a spreadsheet and realize you need to include a document that explains the spreadsheet. Instead of opening the word processor and then creating a new document, just select New from the menu and then Text Document. While it's true that the word processor's interface appears to offer a lot less than Microsoft Word, you'll find that most of the features actually are present. 
In addition to the menu and the toolbar, there's a selection on the right that provides access to a wide variety of formatting functions, and even more functions are offered when you click a small icon at the right of the subsections within the major sections. The spreadsheet looks a lot like Excel prior to when ribbons were added. I happen to like the ribbon, but that's not true for everybody. If you utterly loathe the ribbon, switching to LibreOffice will allow you to avoid it. Formulas are entered just as they are in Excel, and Excel users, whether they're power users or neophytes, should have no trouble understanding just how the various functions work. Microsoft Office doesn't have a drawing tool. LibreOffice does. The interface may remind you of an early version of CorelDRAW, but relatively robust functions are still available inside. It's not Zara Designer, it's not CorelDRAW, it's not Adobe Illustrator, but the drawing application should be sufficient for those who need to create a basic illustration for use in a text document or in a presentation. And speaking of presentations, LibreOffice Impress comes with several program templates. After selecting one, you can add slides much as you would in PowerPoint. And if all of the built-in themes are insufficient, you can choose from more than 300 additional templates. They're available from the LibreOffice website. Some versions of Microsoft's Office suite include a database application called Access. Most home users, and probably most Office users, will never need a relational database management system. If you're maintaining a list of CDs or Christmas cards or clients, you'll be much happier just using a spreadsheet. But sometimes you need a database with multiple tables. For example, you might have a Clients and Projects database that would include several tables, such as, as a minimum, for example, Clients with a client company name, primary contact, and address, a Communications table with contact methods such as phone, that would be home, office, and cell, email address with multiple addresses possible, and other methods such as Skype. And a third table would be maybe Projects, with the name of the project, a start date, expected completion date, and stuff like that. Database design is complicated business, but if it's a process you understand, you won't have any problem using LibreOffice Base. There are advantages to using a multi-table relational database, but there are also disadvantages. My usual recommendation is to use a flat table or a spreadsheet unless you understand the advantages and disadvantages of a relational database, know how to build and associate the various tables, and you can write the queries needed to extract information from those tables. So the bottom line for LibreOffice is four cats. It isn't Microsoft Office, but it might be just what you need. Free is a really good price, and that's one of the primary considerations when it comes to using open-source software. It's not the only consideration, though. Microsoft Office applications use proprietary file formats. These file formats are subject to change at any time. Open-source applications use the International Open Document Format, so when you're considering Office Suite applications for your home or office, don't forget to look at the open source options. You'll find additional details about LibreOffice on the LibreOffice website. And there's a link from www.techbiter.com.
In short circuits, several years ago, city government in Munich, Germany, decided to switch to Ubuntu Linux for municipal workers. The city migrated about 15,000 computers to a custom version of Ubuntu. Proponents say that this saved the city a great deal of money. But a couple of city council members now complain that the computers are too hard to use and they want to return to using Microsoft operating systems. You've heard a lot from me over the past several months about Windows 10, and in my estimation, Windows 10 is the best that Microsoft has ever released. The company is clearly trying to create a usable operating system that pleases users. But Windows is not the only operating system out there. Apple's OS X is well-designed, and it's easy to use, particularly if you understand Unix. There are also many variations of Linux, and most of them are highly functional, if not particularly flashy. But two influential politicians from Munich's conservative CSU party say that Ubuntu is cumbersome to use and of very limited use. They want the city to convert back to Microsoft operating systems and applications. City council members Otto Seidel and Sabine Feiler say that they are unable to use the computers for tasks such as word processing or making video calls. City council members aren't always the sharpest matches in the six-pack, but Seidel and Feiler seem to be uncommonly lacking in intelligence when they say, and I quote, there are no programs for text editing, Skype, Office, etc. installed, and that prevents normal use. That's what they said quoted in Tech Republic. Well, I prepared this report in LibreOffice Writer 5. That's the latest version of the Office suite that is available on any computer running Linux, Windows, or OS X. The city council members say that open-source software is running behind proprietary IT vendors' solutions. All right, generally speaking, that's accurate. But open-source software clearly accommodates users' basic needs, and probably a lot more. What functions exactly are missing from LibreOffice or OpenOffice that Seidel and Filer think are essential? Skype not available? Hey, Seidel and Filer, the special version of Linux installed on your computers, called Limux, by the way, came with Skype already installed. Now, if you have somehow managed to delete the application, Skype for Linux can be downloaded from Skype.com. I've even provided a link for you on the TechBiter Worldwide website. What Windows or Mac applications do these city council members need to do their jobs? According to Tech Republic, the city council members wrote, and I quote, These devices have already cost a lot of money to acquire. Many town councillors are using their own private notebooks because of the problems. As a result, they claim, a large number of the devices are going unused. Question. Should people who are so incompetent that they are unable to determine which applications are actually installed on their computers be entrusted with the management of a city? The M in Limix, by the way, refers to Munich, which is the third largest city in Germany. The city government chose to migrate their systems from Microsoft products to open-source software several years ago, completed the changeover in 2013. In all, 15,000 personal computers and laptops of public employees were migrated. Linux includes LibreOffice as the primary productivity software. Initially, though, the computers did have OpenOffice installed. 
and the city reported software savings of some $16 million. Microsoft needed more than six months to get 100 million Windows 8 updates installed, but now, just one month after the Windows 10 release, already 75 million computers are running the operating system. Now, granted, users had to pay for the Windows 8 upgrade. The Windows 10 upgrade was provided without charge. But still, as an indication of just how complex this process is, Microsoft says that Windows 10 has been installed on 90,000 unique PC or tablet models, and every one of those models has the potential to break in a way that Microsoft might not have encountered in testing. The goal is 1 billion PCs and tablets with Windows 10 within three years. I think they'll make it. And the next big thing for Microsoft will be the release of Office 2016, Although Microsoft hasn't confirmed it, the rumored launch date is the 22nd of September. The 2016 version of Office is already available for Apple computers. It has been for about two months. More touch-related features will be present in the new version. Search has been improved. And Microsoft says that email performance is better in Outlook. Probably the most significant change in the 2016 version is the introduction of real-time co-authoring, Although previously available in mobile versions of Office, this will be the first appearance on the desktop, and it should enable more collaborative uses. And collaborate with this in spare parts, only on the website. A hackathon is coming up this week in Punjab. If you wonder how important photography is in understanding the past, I'd like you to take a look at some motion pictures of New York City from around 1900. A look at security risks in the Internet of Things and a way to find out exactly where the sun and moon will be up in the sky. Thanks for listening to TechBiter Worldwide, the podcast with an hour's worth of technology news in about 20 minutes. I'm Bill Blinn. Be sure to check out the website, www.techbiter.com. And if you like, send me an email from there. See you next week.